0: Welcome to the Radical Middle Podcast, where we embrace tension and talk about the things you wish your church talked about. I'm your host, Tommy Nixon. As always, I'm here with my man, Freddie Romero. Welcome,
1: Freddie. Thank you so much. Episode five, why suffer with people? This is an interesting uh, topic that you guys had on the show. Yeah. And you started off with the question, do you struggle with ra- with being racist? Yeah. At some point, you said something to me earlier today that everybody's grandparents was racist at one point. And I have to discuss something that is very dear and near to my heart. The conversations that we would have at the dinner table, not just about white people, but about black people, about Asians, Mm -hmm. and the things that our parents were teaching us that we grew up with, with, which makes it so much more difficult to be able to suffer with people as believers. Like, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced that you've seen when other people, as they're dealing with racism, they just can't
0: pinpoint where it started. How does a Christian investigate that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's this idea of like to suffer with, right? Just for everybody to know, it comes from this idea of compassion, right? So, compassion means literally to suffer with. That's if you break down the word. So, and we're called to compassion as Christ followers. So, In my life, the world is full of division and, but being mixed and growing up in mixed spaces and like, I've always struggled with having an identity, right? And, and going like, well, where do I belong and who am I? And, and that's one of the reasons why Jesus was so compelling to me and the kingdom of God was, but this idea of suffering with others, um, I think, is actually key to a lot of the issues that we find in the world. Kind of like what you were saying, even as you're growing up and and around the dinner table. And and I, I mean, even for you, Fred, like, what was that? What was that like? You know, because you're right, you're Latino. You're you know, your family's actually Christian, right? Yeah, 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 they're believers. And
1: I would never ever think my parents are racist. Mm. But when I rewind the tape and go back to my childhood about the conversations that we would have about our black neighbors mm. and about the kids that we would go to school with, I look back and I go, hold on for a second. I see where it stems from. See, like, yeah. when, you know, grow up, growing up in South LA yeah. and, um, you know, getting jacked, being yeah. jumped, yep. you know, not have, having your bike stolen that you just put, like, you know, on your front yard because you were going to run in for some money and you come back outside and it's not there anymore. Yep. I've you don't there. know who took it, but you
0: assume. Yeah, you. yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You assume, and so now you're having to explain to your parents, and now your parents—they tell upset. you yeah. to watch out. They tell you to cross the street. They tell, and it's and, and it's and it's and it's something that's embedded in us. When the race riots happened here in in Los Angeles yep. in '92, and it was of more of an Asian Korean to to be more specific, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus Black African Americans. Man, I, you would think that that we all understand our suffering in this country and we're all band together right but you see how easily and quickly we can
0: turn against each other so so here's here's the thing that just to, let's take it down a couple levels on this this idea of race and ethnicity so there's a there's a power structure here in our world and people with the the power and the money I, they came up with these systems and so race is like a false construct it's not even a real thing um and but it was created so that it could keep people under control, right? So like reality was like when when certain Europeans came over to the United States, they immigrated, they weren't white. Like the Irish weren't white when they first came over. Mm-hmm. The Italians weren't white. The, the the Polish weren't white. They that was a that was this like false construct of people that had wealth and owned land. Right. So it's a it's a class struggle. Right. And then they were going, look, like all these poor people are banding together and they're starting revolutions and that scared them. And so they go, why don't we give uh, they used to call Irish people the N word, too. It's really interesting. If you look back in, in history. And so what they then did is they took the Irish and they were like, we're going to make you overseers. And if you, I think propaganda has a a podcast on this talking about where police forcing enforcement comes from. And so they become the overseers. And now they've, they've made a distinction, right? And that's what, that's what race is. And so there's this piece of that where the world is caused of division and it's to keep people who have power and control in power and control, right? Now the difference though is the reason we want to fight against, and the reason we want, it should matter to you as a Christian, is because that's not representative of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Like, the kingdom of God is completely different than the empire, right? right. And yeah, we've talked about that. And so if I'm going to deal with this, I've got to also confront this idea of, like you were talking about, enemy love, mm. And that's one of the teachings of Jesus that is so, so hard, but so different and so beautiful when it actually gets played out. Like we love stories where people go, they were my oppressor, but I love them and I love them onto my side. And we love those stories, but we don't want to be in them. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's like, yeah. So, so if I'm a Christ follower and I go love my enemy as myself, like God calls me to love. And then he proved it that he loved the people who crucified him enough to die for them as well. Like, that's beautiful. So when our parents tell us stuff and the world tells us stuff and we have bad experiences with certain groups of people, we're actually called to be remembered that they're made in the image of God and we're supposed to affirm that and then treat them as such, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets a little sticky because then it's like, oh, uh, you just want me to get my bike, keep on getting stolen and getting beat up and stuff? No, there's wisdom in all that, but that's actually what we're called to. Yeah. And I think I think Christians got to decide, is that, the Christ that you want to actually follow. Right. Because it's a a tough way. There's an old
1: saying that, you know, that the most segregated place in the United States is Sunday services at 10 a.m. all across the country. Yep. Because, you know, black people will have, you know, our African-American brothers, they'll, they'll have church... Predominantly with themselves, yep. Latinos will have them with themselves. White people will have them. It's very uh, what? It, what's the word? Mono, um, chromatic, e- ethnic. You know, mono-ethnic. You know, it's 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 very. It's it's um. It's not homogenous, right? It's right. it's it's not a blend. It's not a melting pot. It doesn't reflect the kingdom. It's not multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multilingual. Right. Even, even though we live in metropolitan places, and so there's all these things that happen, and, and it's just it's hard. It's really really hard when. We, we preach a Jesus, we preach a Christ that knows how to suffer well with people and calls us to suffer and have compassion for people. And it's hard for us to have compassion for people sometimes because we insert our own narrative into their suffering. For example, Black Lives Matter movement. It was it's really, really difficult for a lot of, I'm not speaking for all Latinos, for some Latinos, it's just really, really difficult. And I can speak because I'm a Latino. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. predominantly speak like it. my lane, my arena. Yeah. Because we have a narrative like, hey, our parents left a really bad situation. and They came here and they've made it and look at us. And, you know, we're not getting, you know, killed by the police or this and the other. And so, like, hey, we just need to acclimate. They just, And it's hard in this narrative of like, hey, they just need to conform. Hey, they just – this whole they, they, they need to be more like us is we, we're wanting – the world to be a better place if only they would reflect our image. <laughs> yeah. Where I think what you're arguing, Tommy, is that good. the world would be a better place if we just all looked at each other and looked into people as if they're carrying
0: the image of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think there's this other like belief that uh, we carry th- through the lens of Scripture as well, you know, when it talks about you're formed in your mother's womb and you're you know wonderfully created and in, in the Psalms. What, but... But the reality is that as you're, you're, you're this image bearer, you know, and you're, you're called to, to be the certain type of person, that as we engage in that, you, you actually, there's a pathway to becoming more who you were created to be. But if you're never challenged in that, you never become that person. And that's part of why the body of Christ is so important. So to suffer with others actually is a pathway to, to depth with God. That mm. is so, so important. And I want to bring it back to that because if you just stay, this is a problem in our world today. If you just stay in an echo chamber, Ooh, come on, everybody's like, yeah, right. That's what we think. Like, everybody's like, yeah, word. And then it's like, yeah. And then the norms become, it's it, they become normative. So it's like, well, yeah, of course. And we all think about these people this way. Right. And and then what we do, we spiritualize it. Then we find verses that that will shape them to to fit this narrative. Of people, well, you know, and, oh. and so it, it it goes along with that. And yet, where our call is to go, look, we actually are asked to suffer with others, not because I pity them, not because it's like I feel bad for you, not because we do this, especially in the white church, like we we feel bad for people, so we do this service to them, and there's no dignity in it. Mm. And there's no sense of like, it's, it's the power dynamic still is, well, you know, I'm educated and you're not, and I have money and you don't, and uh, I'm clean. And you're, I mean, it gets really ugly and that is not the kingdom of God. However, when I go, I want, I want to see the gift that each person is and the gift of you being Latino, the gift of you growing up in South LA, the gift of who just Freddie is should be received and welcomed as a means to shape my own understanding of God. If I make God in my image instead of the other way around, that's why you have all these, all these, uh, white images of Jesus and God because he's made in, in our image, right? Yeah. You know, in, in white folks' image. So, so to expand that, you'd want that. And yet when that's a threat to some people, I would go, Oh, you should pay attention to that because now you know something's off. Right. Well, and so, yeah. What's the right way to call it out in
1: someone when? It's like, hey, bro, that's not Christ like. That's actually very racist or hey man. Or for example, when people are actually suffering, yeah. And you see it on the news or you see people calling for social justice or for change or they're advocating for something, they're championing a cause, the church is like, you know, we'll repost. <laughs> but there's no suffering in that. Right. It's sometimes just a hey, I wanna just make sure I check off the social box that lets people know, like, hey, I'm
0: down with it. Yeah, I mean that's why even in that in the episode, if you guys go check out on YouTube the, the episode, it, it actually image is a an acronym, right? Okay. And and so we talk about you, you have to if, if you feel a certain type of way about a certain group of people, and it could be you pick, right? Um, then you wanna investigate where that feeling comes from. You wanna monitor those emotions, where do those beliefs come from and why do I feel this way um align yourself to scripture right grow in your understanding of that group of people and then engage with the people you can't just it can't just be this like uh mental like exercise be like oh i've read all about latinos mm, <laughs> you know what i mean 100 and it's like what have you ever tasted any mexican food or peruvian food or you know have you you know you know that they're all different. This is not a monolithic group of people. There's so many different cultures and and ways language gets used, and it's beautiful, and it's a gift in the kingdom of God. And maybe if they're made in the image of God, they can teach you about what more about what the image of who God is, right? If I see that, that is such an antithesis to the world we live in. And so I think we have to be courageous and speak truth to each other. And I used to do this in college, man. I went to this christian college here in fullerton california and there was a lot of you know white dudes that i was like dorming with and all that and it was a kind of a little bit of a culture shock for me and i and they would say racist stuff and i just stop them you can't say that around me man oh man bro i'm just playing like no yeah. i'm serious dude don't and here's why and i would share it and they respected it you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they could have just been like, "Man, f off." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. just, but, but I was, I, hey, there's a friendship here, and I, I need you to know that's not okay. Yeah, if they want to break the relationship, well, you gotcha. Know. But I, you have you, to speak truth, and you have to figure out how to do that well, or we're not holding to our actual beliefs in this.
1: You no, know, I mean, being compassionate takes work on both ends, right? You oh, have yeah. to be okay with. Some people in your current circle not changing or seeing other people as image bearers, like God's image bearers. And then also going to engage with, yeah. you know, um, a, di- a, di- a different person than you. And, you know, something that makes it difficult, and I think we've discussed before, is when you have, not when you when you want to engage with people that are, not only are different than you, mm-hmm. But also, you come with a presumption that they're against you because you're a believer, yeah. and so they have an issue with your Bible. They have an issue with Christ, like the transgender community.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it's 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 a it's a group of people that um, are also image bearers, but we don't we d- we don't know how to suffer with them because we don't have compassion, right? because we don't want to have compassion for them because we're looking at them through a different type of lens and we call it religiosity. Right, And so it's hard for us to be able to give compassion.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, so I, that's a great example. And too, for the, those who are in the transgender community as well, I, they, feel, they do suffer and have for a really long time and outcast in so many different spaces that they, they inhabit and, and, and are part of different communities, right? And so, in that, what's interesting about that, when we talk about image of God, they are image bearers, right? Um, and And in that, you know, s- some people might feel like because of their their biblical theology, they're like, "Yeah, but they're, uh, they're messing up the image of God, and they they're going against it, and, and that really bothers some people and And I would just say, you know in that. Um, who here? It's kind of like Jesus when he bends down and he goes, uh, "Yeah, those without sin cast the first stone." I'd say, like, who here among us is perfect in their in their bearing of the image of God? Well, uh, nobody. Like, I'm not right, and and um, I, I'm not the full representation of what I will be someday in the full presence of God. And yet, what do I need? I need people to love me. Mm. I need people to suffer with me. And if I've experienced that grace from Jesus, I experienced that grace from the church, why would we not want to extend that to the transgender community so that they also can experience that? And and here's the thing, guys. I I don't have to believe in everything that you believe in to love you well. And we it, this is what bothers me. We do this with so many different groups. It's just we pick and choose. So I, used to, I used to work with uh, gang members, right? Uh, and I loved working with game members. Well, it's not like I was like, hey, I totally approve of your lifestyle and, and what you do and, and your beliefs about life. And, you know, I mean, these kids would be like, I'm not going to make it to 22, so I'm yeah. going to live just wild out. I'm like, but you're such a gift. Like, you're amazing. Like, you know, th- but that was the reality I lived in. And so same thing with you know, even in the transgender community where it's like, if they believe this about themselves and if I happen to believe different than them, why would that stop me from loving them? You know? Um, And then if I wanted to share truth and how I want to share truth, let me earn that right. And if I believe that, uh, the process with Christ is dynamic, man, I can learn things from the transgender community about compassion, about suffering, about perseverance, about all these things. And to know them, right. If you go through that, the image, right. Acronym again, What a gift to walk with people. And how sacred is it that they even open their lives to you? And I think those are sacred places to walk. Now, I think God's up to something. And so there's a lot of judgments or thoughts or or feelings or maybe even theology that we would have to, to deal with. But I would rather do that in love with somebody than to just write them off automatically. Why would it be different for race and ethnicity than with sexuality? And so...
1: For most uh, church culture, the teaching, the predominant teaching and uh, getting their theological cues from, comes from Sunday morning services, yeah. specifically sermons. When, when 46 immigrants die in a hot container in San Antonio, yeah. Texas, or another African-American gets shot and killed um, wrongfully by the hands of the authority, do we interrupt the program? And say, hey, we have this series going on. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and pause that because this group is suffering, and we're going to
0: learn how to suffer well with them. Oh my gosh, I, guys! Can you can you imagine, Freddie, a church that would respond like uh, like the Big C Church when we talk about the Big C Church? Yeah. Can you imagine if like all the believers in our country just said, "All right, wait, hold on, we're we're going to be here we're going to suffer with these people well"? It, it would be a revolution. Right now, here's the danger of it, too, for especially for for younger believers that are, are wrestling with all this. Um, you can't suffer with everybody. Mm. Uh, it, it is. And because of the Internet, because of socials like you, um, I think Dave Chappelle talks about in one of his, you know, uh, comedy specials about the challenger blowing up. That happened when I was a child. right? I watched it. And he's like, for this generation coming up, the challenger blows up every day multiple times a day. Right. Like you have so much to care about and, in and, and so many shootings to deal with and so many tragedies and so many wars and so many. So part of it is going, man, what has God, what, is, what really weighs on you? Who, what, what kind of tragedy is affecting people right by you? Right. And how can you join in and suffer with there? Like yeah. who has God placed in your way yeah. basically? And so that's what I, I would always tell people because it, it's too much. I mean, it is like it and you get compassion fatigue and that's real, and especially if you're in the line of work that you and I are in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it gets like I can't solve everything all the time, but we have to hold on to hope. Right? And perseverance and and the hope of Christ in us. Like I ha- that's why the rhythm should bring you back into the presence of God. And that's why actually suffering with people is so important. And we actually talk about this on some other podcasts that you and I have been on. And and at Urban Youth Workers Institute, we we talk a lot about this through a theology of work, suffering, presence. Guys, go check it out. But yeah, so. So I want
1: to end with this. You make it super clear that, you know, we're called to have compassion for everybody, but it's humanly impossible to be compassionate. What is the radical
0: middle on this, Tommy? I mean, I. So I actually think the radical middle part is the dialogue on trying to figure this out, right? So in whatever, w- whatever context or group of people you're asked to suffer with or you're being called to, um, that, that the, the radical middle part is the dialogue that happens in, okay, but what about if I believe this theologically, but, but, but this group doesn't, what do I do with that? That's the place of, radically loving i'm like jesus all the way that's the radical part the middle again remember friends not centrist it's not like hey man i just don't want to do it's actually the dialogue around how do i love people well and i think there's so much there because so often what and those of you who are listening out there you i know you want freddie and i to give you the three-point version of okay well how do i love transgender community well or how do i not be racist and i'm like okay there's guides and there's books you need to read and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a relational engagement with someone. Right. And you're still treating them like they're these objects that we just got to figure out and fix. Dude, it's not your job. Your job's to enter in, to, to suffer with. And and that, that's why you need the dialogue. And so that's why God makes this that's community good. of believers and discipleship. And so it's actually about that and, and being open to that and searching scripture and praying and, and so it's all enough. that stuff together. And I know that's frustrating for you guys to hear because it's like, <laughs> no dude, like you know, what what's the three I need your what do you think about this? And it's like eh.
1: I think it boils down to it's hard to have love and compassion for people you don't know.
0: Yeah. And so we're called to, to it.
1: Get to know people and uh Thank you so much for having, you know, this conversation and and this podcast and UIWI. And for those of you guys that have watched this, thank you so much. And we encourage you to engage in this conversation and figure out, you know, talk with those among you. Like, hey, what was the conversation about other race, races and ethnicities and other groups of people in my dinner table when I was a child, as I was growing up? And what are they currently struggle with that? Live and sit in the radical middle. We'll see you soon. If you liked today's episode, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out The Radical Middle Show on YouTube at UIWI.